All right, folks, good morning. Snow's in the air. Mountains are getting pounded. It's a good weekend. Uh, get up and do a little bit of skiing, I tell you what. Um, but I, we're making a little change up to the show here. Call a little audible, okay? And that is we're going to do the hometown here on the second segment, so make sure you stick around. That's brought to you by Mary Golds. We interview uh, somebody our community is making a massive impact today. We're talking with April. She's a dispatch for 911. So make sure you stick around um, for the second segment. Um, but what we're talking about right now is today in history. What happened, right? And that is, um, you know, World World War II. We're going to talk about World War II and um, what happened with the 48 hour work week, right? So uh, President Roosevelt issued an executive order saying, hey, you know, we need 48 hour work weeks in 32 of the American cities. Um, got a shortage of employees, and we got to help the war effort, right? And when you read these stories, it, everyone back home was pitching in. There was rations, and everybody bought in and was supporting our the war and the troops overseas. And that came out, um, you know, it. it uh, let's see what year we're in here. Bear with me as I... Uh, Let's see here. Um, 1943. Okay, so 1943. And what also happened today in 1943 is um, we had a U.S. submarine, USS Tarpon, um, ended up sinking a Japanese Imperial Navy ship um, with uh, 1,481 people aboard. That was the um, first torpedo sunk um, ship by the by a submarine. So there's kind of a little bit of facts there. We're going to try to bring that into the show of things that happen in history, right? You know, as we talk, you know, next week it'll be, you know, Fe- it's hard to believe we're middle of February already, right? But next week will be February 16th in history. And we are going to focus a little bit on World War II as we kind of get out of the shoot here, starting our Today in History segment. So that's what happened, um, 1943, February 9th. Um, you know, talk a little bit about um, the USS Tarpon, and then we talked a little bit about the 48-hour work week where uh, the president said, hey, we need all hands on deck here. We need the support. And, uh, you know, whether it came down to making planes or bullets, um, everyone was pitching in <clears throat> back home. So well, it's something we want to bring to you is the uh, patriotism of our country impactful things that happen in history. And right now I'm watching Masters of the Air, and that's a great segment on Apple TV. It it really depicts well what was going on in the air and the massive effort from the 8th Air Force. The U, you know, people say the Air Force, really it's the um, U.S. Army Air Corps back then. The Air Force wasn't even established yet. Um, but the mighty eighth, you know, and, and the bombing campaigns that happened, um, into Germany, into France and, um, you know, the effort that was made by, you know, really the greatest generation. You'd you look at these, they were kids going up 21, 22 years old, going deep in enemy territory and losing half the, the missions, really half the men came back and the amount of sacrifice that was made. So to check that out, that's a great one on Apple TV, Masters of the Air. It really does a great job telling the history of uh, World War II and the the fight that um, you know was so valiantly fought in the air and, and led to 
the victory in World War II. So if you have things that you know you think, hey, that'd be a good topic to discuss on uh, today in history, you know, let me know. Uh, feel free to reach out seven one nine two three two. 1063. You can just shoot me a text. That's easy enough. Um, we want to cover, you know, topics that make America what it is, what made this country great. And there's a lot of them. Um, as you look every day throughout history, um, there's a lot of things that shaped our country into what it is today and the freedoms we get to enjoy. So we're going to go to a quick commercial break and then we're going to be back with April, our hometown hero. Okay, folks, we are back into it here with the uh, with the extra. It's a hometown hero, and uh, we have the pleasure of having April on the line. Good morning, April. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing well. So we had one of your friends on last week, and she said, you got to have April on. Um, and tell us a little bit about how you got involved um, working as a dispatcher for the sheriff's department. Um, I moved here about 20 years ago, um, not from here. I'm from Kansas City. Go Chiefs. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't have I didn't have any connections or anything like that. So I was kind of looking for a job. Um, and a friend of mine's mother worked at Colorado Springs Police Department for 911. So I did a couple sit-ins with her. And then I just started applying between CSPD and the sheriff's office until one of them came along, and the sheriff's office came along first, and so I accepted the job. Now, is that something that you can, the everyday person, go in and like, like almost a ride-along that you do with the police department? Can someone go in and sit, you know, at a dispatch center and kind of hear what's going on and like you yeah, did, or was that I, more of an internship? No, I... Um, I made the arrangements with her and then I actually made arrangements with uh, El Paso County as well and sat in a couple times with them. So you can always call into our center and arrange a sit along and we highly encourage it especially for people who are applying for jobs with us so they kind of get a feel for what we do Um, because sometimes the thought of what we do is a lot different than what they see that we actually do. Yeah, I, I can imagine that. And so what are the, obviously it's 24-7, right? So when you yeah. start, are you working the night shift or, yeah, and what are the hours? Kind of run us through that. So when you start, you go through a training process um, and that can last anywhere from nine months to a year of training. Um, and you go through, usually with the sheriff's office, we do um, a phone training phase where you learn how to answer 911 calls and non-emergent calls, um, the types of calls and how to process them, all those kind of things. And then as you progress, you go through the fire dispatching phase and the law enforcement dispatching phase. And then once you're released from training, you're on your own. But during those phases of training, you typically move between the different shifts with different trainers. And then once you're finally released from all three phases of training, they put you on a shift. And what's the what type of hours do you guys work? Right now, this year, we're working two shifts of days and midnights, which is 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., or 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Wow. So you, you follow a little bit the kind of same, uh, you know, as uh, law enforcement, really, as far as the time on and time off. Am I correct in that statement? In a sense, yes. Since dispatchers um, are not fully considered um, by the 
by the government as a first responder. We can't do the 80-hour pay periods, which is the two-week pay periods. We do 40-hour weeks. So in order to make up those 40 hours, it's hard to do 12s. So right now we're doing three 12s and a four-hour shift to make up our 40 hours for the week. And how many people are in the dispatch center on a normal day? Um, Our minimum staffing is eight. So we have enough people to handle each radio channel that's required and then um, answer phones. But with staffing being low right now, we sometimes run up to or down to six, which means calls are going to take longer to get answered and we can just push through them as quick as possible, you know? Yeah, and, and where are you guys located? Are you actually down at the Sheriff's Department building downtown? We are. We're down at the Vermaho address uh, across from the courthouse. Okay. And you now you mentioned you're at six. Is it just it's tough to find people who are willing to kind of step into a job that has that amount of stress? Uh, yeah, I mean, many different factors. You know, they have to go through a background process, and then once they get passed through the background process and they start the training – Some people determine it's not for them. Either they didn't realize the types of things they were going to be listening to on the phone or the hours just aren't working for them and their families. Um, It just kind of depends. Each person's different, you know, what, what, what works for them and what doesn't. Yeah. Well, I certainly, I can't imagine the calls you receive and people are dealing with some of the worst circumstances they've ever dealt with in their life. And you are the comforting voice on the other end of that call and then also walking them through very important steps. I mean, until somebody arrives, um, tell us just a little bit about your things you've learned through that process um, that you can share with the listeners. I think the main thing that I've learned is you can't take anything, any of this personally. You've got to have a little bit of thick skin um, because The person you're talking to could either be very distraught and emotional. They could be very angry. They could be very depressed. Things they say may aren't going to be necessarily directed at you. Um, You've just got to use your calm voice. Like you said, talk them through it. Let them know that you're just there to help them. Yeah. And and I've been on a 911 call before, you know, here in uh, Calder Springs in El Paso County and, you know, it really, you do a phenomenal job. I mean, being able to walk people through and say, stay, you know, stay out of harm's way. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Go here. You know, that that is such an important step to have somebody calm on the other end because the last thing you yeah. want is somebody on the other end who's also panicking and then, you know, your worst thoughts start creeping right. into your head. You almost got to help them make the right decisions because in the back of their mind, they know what the right decision is sometimes. But because of the adrenaline rush or whatever, they may not be thinking clearly. So you've got to help them process those those thoughts in the correct way and drive them the dire- correct direction. Yeah. What would you say is the, some of your longest calls? I mean, we're we talking an hour that you're on the line with somebody, two hours. Um, no, usually not that long. Our response times, whether it be, you know, law enforcement side or fire or medical, are pretty quick. Um, the longer ones are when you go further out east and it's a, it's a medical call and you've got somebody that's in a, maybe a critical 
um, a patient with a critical situation or a situation where they're just not quite stable enough that you want to hang up with them um, so that you stay on the phone until responders get there in case their their condition deteriorates. Um, but they don't usually go too long. I would say maybe, you know, I mean, it's hard. 30, 30 minutes could be the longest or it could be an hour depending on, you know, maybe the weather outside or if the units are having a harder time responding because of the weather. So it's kind of one of those gray areas where you never know what you're going to get when you pick up the next call. Yeah. Would you say um, that the citizens here of El Paso County do a good job knowing what's an emergency and what's not when they're calling in? Or do you get a, a decent amount of calls where you're going, geez, this isn't, this isn't really an emergency. We need to, you know, push you over to our non-emergency line. We we do. Most people do, yes. Um, there are the occasion that people will call, and what we consider a 911 emergency isn't necessarily a 911 emergency, but you have to think about in their shoes. For them, it might be their worst day, whether that situation is what we would consider a 911 in the moment, because our, our consideration is, is it happening right now? Is it life or death right now? So if you're walking outside to go get in your car to go to work and your car's not there and it was stolen at 2 a.m., you call 911 because, oh my gosh, my car was stolen. However, for us, that's not an emergency because you didn't see the person get in it and drive away just now. Yeah, there's no imminent threat. Um, Correct. Yeah, at the moment. And then you work with the um, sheriff, the, the deputy on the other line, or is that done electronically through the computer? How do you pass that message along? So we have um, dispatchers that are dispatching those deputies or fire units out on those calls. So we have a fire radio channel and two law enforcement radio channels. And so as we're taking the call, our computer system is seen by all of those other dispatchers in the room and also those deputies and some of the fire units on the road. They can see them as well if they have the computer, um, what we call an MDC, a mobile data computer. So they're seeing it come in really in real time. They can, they can see it, yes. Which and they is- can see the comments that are going in the call screen of what, we're, what our callers are getting or call takers are getting from our callers as those comments go in the screen, they can see it real time. Wow. That gives you a good good idea of, you know, how that works, a 911 call. And, April, we just appreciate you uh, serving the community in such a big way and helping people through their toughest situations. And the owners of Marigold, Gasson's going to reach out to you. You and a guest go up and enjoy uh, a dinner on the house, drinks, dessert, as just a thank you for your continued service to our community. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Okay. I've been doing it for 15 years, and I don't think I'd want to be doing anything else. Well, that's great. It's hard of a servant, and uh, we appreciate you. And um, enjoy your your time at Marigold's, and stay warm today. I will. Thank you. You as well. (laughs) Take care. Okay, folks, that was a great one. I mean, really eye-opening into um, what they go through at the dispatch center. And uh, we thank April again for her service. And we thank Marigolds, um, the owners of Marigolds, for stepping up every week and helping us honor our hometown heroes. We have so many in this great city of Colorado Springs. We're going to hear from ABC News. And then stick around. We're bringing Gasson on. He's going to tell us about the new menu down at the south location, Marigold South is located in Cheyenne Crossings there, right off of 115. Um, you got to check it out. The, the food is phenomenal. So we'll be right back after these messages.
Okay, folks, thanks for sticking with us. And we got the man on the phone here who makes the hometown hero happen every single week, and that is Gasson. He is the owner of Marigold's. Gasson, what's going on? What's up, brother? How are you, sir? Thank you for having me on today. Hey, you got it. Are you already in the bakery cooking up muffins? What's going on up there? <laughs> we got to keep going. The machine never stops. There you go. Did you use your sled? Did you sled in this morning to the bakery? You know, I got pulled by some some of my dogs. <laughs> no, the, 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 the bobsled. Not the bobsled team. What is it called? The... Um, what they do up in Alaska, I forget what it is, but that's good. That gives me a good little uh, image in my head there, how you got to work. Um, so tell it. You, I called you and I said we should talk uh, Valentine's Day, and you said we're sold out, man. I mean, we are blessed. We are blessed. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are just that popular. I, you know, guys, if you're listening to this next year, you call in now. Make your reservation for next year if you want to impress uh your wife because uh you missed the boat man it's a hot ticket to score over there at marigold's for a valentine's day dinner you know what's the best part about it all justin is 20 plus reservations are previous hometown heroes and so to be able to create connections with the ones that we were able to bring on to the radio and hear their stories and now become friends and and see them often that that's what makes these Fridays special to me yeah and it's great you guys it serves so many of the people in our community make such a large impact and it's such a patriotic feel up there you know you got the American flag flying it says God bless America on your menu and boy isn't it nice to own your own business and not have to deal with corporate America you can say things you want to say and have your values that you guys as a family um, are important to you, wear them on your sleeve. Isn't that great? It's a blessing. I mean, everybody has a TV, so they, they see what, what goes on in the Middle East. And, you know, everyone knows that's where my family's from. We're immigrants of Lebanon and, and to be Christians and to, to have our freedom and to own our businesses and to work hard and, and to reap fruits is just the greatest blessing and that's why everybody should be grateful for the the men and women who serve our country exactly yeah we i switched up the show a little bit because now i'm doing a, a a day in history to start it and then we go into the hometown hero and we talk today about some events in world war ii and we talk about the generations that came before us who made so many sacrifices and you look at the life we get to live it really is a luxury, even if you are, you know, considered um, poor in the United States of America. You're still rich compared to nationwide when you compare us to some of these other countries and the freedoms we get to enjoy. It is. It, it's it's breathtaking. You know, living overseas for five years really awakens to what we have in America. I mean, as dumb as Walmart and Target and Seven Eleven. I mean, those simple, simple convenience stores and stuff that we live by every day is nowhere to be found overseas. And like you said, yes, we have a homeless problem, but I mean, homeless overseas don't have anything. Homeless overseas lose limbs and body parts because they're just struggling to survive. So I think us as Americans need to do our part on always giving back to the community because it's a full circle. If we don't take ones, take care of the ones beneath us, and how are we always going to continue to grow and be better? 
Exactly. And and the freedoms we get to enjoy, such as, you know, you and I can talk on radio and you can say, hey, we're Christian. You know, our family um, is believes in Jesus and you're not going to have somebody at the doorstep of your bakery threatening your life because of the faith you have. Amen. You know, and, and that is so special because you talk about the Middle East. That is not the there is no freedom of religion. Isn't that correct? It's not just religion. I mean, females don't have freedom. You know, the LBGQ community doesn't have freedom, you know. So we are so empowered in America to allow everybody have an opinion and have freedom and live their life how they want to live their life. And so we take that for granted a lot here in America, and that's what needs to change is people need to understand in other countries this is this is not accepted, and here we accept all. And so people need to be grateful for that. People need to be proud that we have those stars and those stripes that protect us. You you said it perfectly. It really is. It is such an honor to to live in this great country, and that's why we thank you for partnering with us on the Hometown Hero. We can give a patriotic feeling and a thank you to uh, the men and women who say, hey, I will serve, whether it be at a community level, whether it be um, in our armed forces, law enforcement, um, all those people sign up, put themselves in harm's way so we can live a life of uh, freedom and the luxuries we get to enjoy. So let's move on to uh, the South location. You talked about having a a different menu. Let's go over some of the things you're doing down there. Yes. No, we, you know, we've been in, at the new location for just over over six months now we've we've listened to our our clients we've listened to you know the complaints and everything that's gone on and and trust me i i've tried my best to get my team to listen to everything that has been told to make improvements and so with that being said we we have a brand new menu brand new theme brand new service structure and we we've made all the changes that the people have asked for to be better and and to give a better restaurant down south in the Broadmoor and Shine Mountain area. So please come check us out Monday through Saturday, anytime, 5 o'clock to 9. Monday is our prime rib night. Friday and Saturday is our Dover Soul night. And I look forward to, to meeting you all. And tell us a little what some of the most popular things on the menu right now down at that south location. Ooh, we got a bacon wrap salmon stuff with apple and brie. That's a really Oof. good seller. Um, shrimps and shrimp and grits with andouille sausage, jumbo shrimp, your classic grandma grits and a bushamel garlic cream sauce. You have your filet, your New York, your flat iron. That can be topped with an Oscar, lobster tail, au pois, marsala sauce. We have the Marigold Port Shop, and don't forget, it is still Walter's Testament. So we have the sea bass and the lobster bisque that will never go away. That's great. And what's the? do you still have the thing on the menu I like to eat? What are they, the ribs, Korean ribs? Yes, sir. We'll never get rid of those. <laughs> those uh, baby back ribs, you know, will always keep Justin happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm such like a bar food junkie. I'm like, can I get the burger or the ribs? <laughs> I, know it, I know it frustrates you, but that's the type of food I like. <laughs> That's okay. Your wife will change that when you guys get married. <laughs> oh, boy, that is great. That is great. Uh, but the ribs, I will say, those are some of the the best ribs I've had in town. They're phenomenal. They're really, really good. So I encourage you, if you're a fan of ribs, you wouldn't think as, oh, Marigold's has, you know, the best ribs, right? You know, that's not what they're known for. But you have to go try them 
because I think they're the best ribs in town. I really do. And the sauce you guys have with it is exquisite. Yes, no, every everything has been changed. You know, Walters has been in business for 25 years, and we have the honor of, of continuing that legacy, but also making it better. And so we've made some changes on the kitchen side, the front of the house side, and, and we're ready to, to make some some great impressions on the our, our new improvements. That's great. Hey, can you give an address real quick so the radio listeners Absolutely. know exactly where to go? So you're going to head down south on south nevada go on 115 to east shine mountain boulevard it's right next to the hatch cover at 146 east shine mountain boulevard 146 east shine mountain boulevard and shout out to my brothers at Duca's pizzas they just rebranded to a morning pizza and check them out as well as they're doing some great stuff and as well as my brother behind me Toki's. they do a phenomenal job with drinks and cocktails and and just Support all restaurants, not just mine. we got a huge family in our industry, and we love that you just continue to keep all our doors open. Yeah, that's great. It really has come alive down there at Cheyenne Crossings. I mean, you have every type of food you want in that complex, and it's fun because you can get the uh, nightlife jazz band at Toki, and um, you can get the you know hatch cover wings bar vibe. And so you really have c- – you know, that, that center offers a lot. It's come a long way, um, you know, just from where it was, you know, four or five years ago. Correct. No, it's been great. we got great people down there, and, and we're, just, we're just so grateful to continue to keep our doors open as people aren't able to do that. You know, you see and hear restaurants and businesses closing down, and so to have a team behind you that keeps your doors open is what makes it all magical. There it is. Well said. Well, hey, we're going to let you get back to cooking the muffins, doing the bakery stuff. We don't want any shortages today on those treats because you're on the phone too long, okay? Yes, sir. God bless, family. Thank you so much. All right, Gussie. You take care. Okay, folks, there you go. You got to stop by. You have to do it. Try the ribs at the South location. It's going to blow your mind away. I ate two helpings last time I was there. That is Marigold's off of 115 down by Vassa, down by Hatch Cover. Um, it is phenomenal. So don't don't miss out on that action. Okay, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we'll be here to wrap it up on the fourth segment of the Extra. Okay, folks, that was fun having Gussie on. We got to get him on once a month. I told him that this morning. Once a month, you got to come on, give an update, uh, because it's so important. They change their menu all the time. There's a lot of special things going on, and uh, you need to you need to check it out because it's uh, you know a couple of the best restaurants in town. That North location and the South location there. So one thing I want to leave you with today, and that is. Um, housing prices and the talk of last year of, hey, houses went up, you know, an average of four to five percent appreciation. And I want you to do some due diligence, do some research on the builder buy down. Nationwide, 75% of builders bought down the interest rate last year. Okay. What does that mean? That means they spent here in town, an average of fifty to sixty thousand dollars for a buyer to buy down the rate. That's where you see the advertisements of how how are they getting into the fours? Well, you're paying for that, right? It's there's some smoke and mirrors there. You're paying for that because they're inflating the price up, and then they're using that forty fifty thousand to buy down the rate to make the payment work. 
So it's not a freebie, right? The house would be forty, fifty thousand less if you didn't use a buy down, and they're able to do this because a lot of the builders own their own mortgage company. Um, but you have to be very, very careful. Number one, um, also have to be very careful with uh, the two-one buy downs, where it's a teaser rate for a couple of years. Thirty percent of builders did that last year, and then all of a sudden the price jumps up. You also have to be cognizant of the taxes, metro districts. HOAs. Um, these are just things that you have to do your due diligence on. And it's not just here in Colorado. I mean, t- Texas, 81% of the new builds offered a buy down, right, to move some of these homes. Um, Florida was, the, was some of the least, 61% in Florida, um, Northeast, 64%, the Midwest, 68% of builders. Um, you know, use this builder buy down. Um, but somebody like DR Horton, they own DHI mortgage, so they can do this aggressive buy down. But remember this, you're still paying for it as the consumer and do your research when it comes to um, the type of loan you're getting, whether it's an adjustable, right? Whether it's a two one, how that buy down's working, how you are still um, paying for that, right? Because you know, you could argue last year if you take away the builder buy down and you you calculate that into prices, um, we possibly see the price decrease last year um, with home values because you have you have to account for a forty fifty thousand dollar buy down and they're not accounting for it. So it paints a rosy picture of hey, you know, we saw a ton of appreciation when we might not have because the numbers were so skewed. We've never seen builder builders spend that much money on buy down. So the purchase price looks like five fifty. In actuality, um, it's five hundred thousand once you consider that builder buy down. And um, if you want somebody who's going to give you that heart of a teacher and clear all this away for you, right? Make the waters clear um, instead of muddy. That's Jay Garvin's, and he has a show here every weekend. Uh, reach out to him. He can explain to you everything that's going on so you're not getting involved in a product that's going to adjust right in two years. And then all of a sudden you're going, geez, my payment doubled and I didn't know it was in a, a metro district. And now all of a sudden you know, you're, you're struggling because you're house poor, right? And uh, we used not have to worry about those things as much because the market was pretty, pretty transparent. Well, now there's so many different um, angles they're taking to move homes that you have to be very, very careful what type of product you're getting into. So food for thought there as we end the show. Do some research. Do some due diligence. Tune into Jay Garvin's show and um, you know, reach out to him. He can be a great resource to kind of clear a little bit of the smoke when you're trying to analyze a home purchase and your loan product, folks. That is it. Another one in the books here for The Extra. You have Tom Martino joining you next.